Uh, what a great reminder and song. I appreciate that very much. I invite you to have your Bibles open to Genesis chapter 39. Uh, we will look at a lot of scripture. Very simple truth tonight. I don't really even have an outline. Uh, I don't plan to be that long. Every time I say that, I go way longer than I in, in, intended. But really, I, uh, I don't plan on I appreciate uh, many people praying, and, and I, I do ask for your prayers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just sorry to have to keep doing this. Uh, the pain has ramped up in the last several days. Uh, it's been going up every day for weeks now. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, if you would pray for me, I'm actually traveling, traveling up to Turner, Maine. Uh, I agreed to preach there uh, some time ago, so I'm preaching on Tuesday twice uh, at a preacher's conference there. And then on Wednesday, I'm preaching at a Christian school and Wednesday night in a church service. Brother Rob will be preaching here. Our teenagers will be down here on Wednesday night. Uh, and then I'll be uh, headed home sometime Thursday. So with this thing going on, I would appreciate it if you could pray. Um, and thank you for uh, doing so. God knows what's going on. Uh, somebody, I think Brother Stewart uh, and I think Brother Tim also in their prayers for offering in Scripture prayed that God would just take the pain away. Uh, while I was preaching this morning, if it was there, I didn't notice it even one time. Uh, so thank you for praying. We'll see what happens tonight. We've been delving into the life of Joseph in the last several weeks. We are considering this idea the heart of a champion. Uh, a champion is not the, the guy that necessarily is the fastest or the strongest. He's the one in the Christian realm who goes through all the trials and difficulties and, and, and uh, so forth of life and stays true to God, stays faithful to the things of the Lord. And I know of nobody in the Bible that did that better than Joseph. We've been sort of asking ourselves the question as a part of that study of uh, when Potiphar looked at him, the Bible says in Genesis 39, he saw that the Lord was with him. Verse number three, that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Similar statement was made by the prison guard that he could see that the Lord was with him. On the very first day that Joseph met Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, by the end of one conversation, Pharaoh said, can we find such a man as this? a man in whom the Spirit of God is. These were unsaved people looking at Joseph, and every one of them could see that the Lord was with him. So exactly what did these people see? What did they see? I challenge you to read through uh, Genesis 37 through 50 and write down your list of ideas of what you thought uh, they saw. We've been sort of compiling a list as, as a church for several weeks now. We learned from Genesis 37 that one of the things that they saw was the fact that Joseph stayed holy in spite of his hurt and the people who hurt him. He never dropped his standards. He never allowed his hurt to become his excuse to do wrong in any way. We also learned number two from Genesis 37 that he lost his favored status as daddy's favorite in, this, in, in his home. He lost his family and he lost his freedom, but Joseph never let go of his faith. He, he held on to that and that carried him through all of the trials that lasted uh, for some 22 years uh, from the time we're introduced to him. We learned last week from Genesis chapter 39 that in spite of circumstances that were entirely beyond his control, he maintained his testimony for God. 
He was like Job at the end of Job 2 when, when he had lost his wealth and his children and his health. And his wife said, dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Uh, die. Job was holding on to that. He refused to give that up and kept his testimony. And that's why the Bible said, in all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. Job is a young man. He has no Bible, no church, no youth pastor, no pastor. He didn't even have godly friends. He didn't even have a godly family uh, to guide him, to strengthen him, to encourage him. But Joseph was all of these things and more because Joseph had the heart of a champion. In tonight's message, I want to consider another aspect of Joseph's life. I believe it's directly related to everything that we've said about him thus far. He stayed holy in spite of his hurt and those who hurt him. Uh, he may have lost everything, but he refused to let go of his faith. Um, in spite of circumstances beyond his control, he, can, he kept his testimony for God and he kept it right. Because of that, listen very carefully to this, Joseph brought about God's blessings on everyone else whose life he touched. Let me just say that again. Because of everything else we've learned about him, Joseph, his very presence, brought about God's blessing on the lives of everyone else he touched. If your Bibles are still open to Genesis uh, chapter uh, 39, would you look please to verse number five? And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Joseph is a slave. He has been bought and he is owned by this man. Potiphar's not a saved man. He's not a godly man. We don't even know that he was a good man. Yet he's got this young, young boy in his house, 17, 18 years of age. And again, the Bible says in verse number five that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. We'll see this over and over again in his life. Everyone whose life Joseph touched was blessed because of him. Someone has said, I'm sure facetiously, that everyone is a blessing. Some people are a blessing when they come. Other people are a blessing when they leave. And I don't know if that's true or not. I'm sure it was said facetiously. But can I just say here, a backslidden person has never been a blessing to anybody. A bitter person has never been a blessing to anyone. In fact, Hebrews warns us that we don't let a root of bitterness grow up in us, uh, whereby many should be defiled by the bitterness that we allow to grow in our own heart and life. No one has been blessed by a selfish person. And obviously, we know enough about Joseph already. He was none of those things. Everybody that Joseph touched was blessed by him. Go back to Genesis chapter 12. It's somewhat of a family trait, but it is a Bible truth. Genesis chapter 12. This is where we meet Joseph's great grandfather, Abram, for the very first time. Genesis chapter 12 and verse one. And the Lord said, had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country 
and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great. Read the last phrase in verse two with me, church. And thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. Read the last phrase of verse three. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now we like uh, the, the first part of verse number two. I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. We learn in the word of God. Uh, is there anybody in here who does not want to be blessed? Anybody at all? If so, you probably need some kind of therapy or something like that. We all want to be blessed. Uh, we all want God to bless our lives. We want other people to be a blessing to us. But would you understand God said, I am going to bless you. But it's not just so that you can be happy and satisfied and secure. He said, in the process, you will become, you will be a blessing. I remember many times when I was in Bible college, my pastor, Brother Hiles, would use an illustration and he would do it without words. I will not necessarily do that tonight, but he said, can I show you in a picture what the Christian life is meant to be? And he pantomimed uh, certain activities and said, this is where a lot of Christians are. And he illustrated someone lifting their hands in supplication before the Lord, is in, Lord, I need you. I need your help. I need your mercy. I need your provision. And then God answers their prayer and they start stuffing the blessings in their pockets. So they keep going back to God and God answers their prayer and they're all excited and they're stuffing it in their pockets. He said, that's not at all what God intended. He said, here's the picture of the Christian life. You go to God and you beseech him and God answers your prayer and, and God's giving you that blessing and you turn around and you deliver that, per, that blessing to someone else. And then you go back to God in prayer and God answers your prayer and you turn around and you use that to be a blessing to someone else. That's what Abraham's life and the promise of God to Abraham was. I'm gonna bless you so that you can turn around and be a blessing. Look, if you would, to Genesis chapter 30. Genesis chapter 30. This is uh, Joseph's father. This is Jacob. Jacob served for 21 years with his father-in-law. Uh, he served seven years for the privilege of marrying uh, Rachel. And on the wedding night, Laban cheated him and gave him Rachel's sister Leah. Jacob agreed to serve yet another seven years, and he would also have Rachel to wife, though so 14 years were spent laboring to uh, have the privilege of, of marrying Rachel. Then he served another seven years in which he earned the cattle and all those things that were his. And, and uh, Jacob is to the place where he, he's longing to go back home uh, and so forth. Verse 25, it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said unto Laban, that's his father-in-law, send me away that I may go unto mine own place into my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I found favor in thine eyes, tarry. Read the rest of verse 27 with me, church. 
For I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. Now Laban was a scoundrel. That's important for us to remember here. He was a scoundrel, but Laban was smart enough to realize that just having Jacob there brought God's blessing upon Laban's household and upon Laban's wealth. Um, Joseph was that type of an individual. We learn from Genesis 39 that Joseph was a blessing in Potiphar's house. Everything that Potiphar had prospered. His wealth increased. The Bible says again in verse number five that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Everywhere he went, everyone he touched was blessed because of him. Their lives were better. They lived a richer life and not necessarily always in, in monetary things. When Joseph went into the prison, uh, we find there that once again, the Lord gave him favor in sight uh, of the guard that was in charge of that. Uh, and Joseph was, was uh, uh, elevated to uh, pretty much second in command under him uh, in the prison. And then in Genesis chapter 40, uh, the Bible says it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their Lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers and put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them. Not an amazing statement. He's serving other prisoners. They continue to season in ward and they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And notice verse six, Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold, they were sad. Now think about this for a moment. Do you suppose anybody in Pharaoh's prison looked happy? Do you suppose anybody sitting there saying, man, it's a great day to be a convict. Nobody was saying that. Do you understand that Joseph is a prisoner? He's wearing prison garb. He's eating prison food. Um, he may have a little responsibility, but he can't walk out of the prison. He does not have any freedom whatsoever, and he has no idea if he's ever getting out. He's been cast in there with no trial, just thrown in jail, and, and he has no defense attorney. He has none of that going for him. Joseph has a mountain of his own problems. Um, Joseph has a lot to overcome in his own spirit and his own heart. But when Joseph walked in that one particular morning, these two guys that had these dreams, if you will, almost nightmares that upset them, Joseph looked on them and they were sad. Do you realize how easy it would have been for Joseph basically to say, get over it, get over it. We've all got our problems. None of us want to be here. Every one of us want to get, get out of here. But uh, that didn't happen. Verse seven, he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house saying, wherefore look ye so sadly today? 
And those two men uh, unburdened their dreams upon him. And, and Joseph set aside his own woes and his own troubles and his own difficulties. And Joseph took the time to give them the interpretation. Of course, for uh, the, the chief uh, butler, uh, it was a good interpretation. And in three days, you're out of here. Pharaoh's going to exalt you. The chief butler, I'm sorry, the chief baker, not so good. He said, in three days, Pharaoh's going to hang you. But at least they got an answer, right? Uh, but, but my point is this. Joseph is a prisoner there, but he's, he's not looking out for Joseph. He is looking at people that are going through a trial and a hardship. And uh, it may have been that they deserved it far more to be there, far more than Joseph did. But Joseph's influence and touch on their lives was a blessing. It was a blessing. In Genesis, uh, we, we learned in, in chapter 45, he uh, stood before Pharaoh for the very first time. By the way, the, the Potiphar was an Egyptian. Uh, the prison guard was an Egyptian. The other two prisoners were Egyptians. Pharaoh is an Egyptian. None of these people are saved people. They're lost pagan individuals. Yet Joseph, just by who he was, was a blessing. Pharaoh had those horrible dreams. He had two of them. We'll get to them in a later uh, discussion. Uh, he, his, his sleep went from him and he, he called his counselors in and, and told them the dream and nobody could help him understand what it was. And, and the chief butler that Joseph helped in chapter 40 said, uh, man, I'm, I, I remember my fault. Uh, when, when you were mad at me some years ago, there was a Hebrew uh, servant in the prison there and I had a dream and, and he interpreted my dream and the, butler, the, the baker had a dream and he interpreted that and everything he said came to pass. And because by the way, he had been a blessing to them years prior, um, Joseph was brought out and brought before Pharaoh and, and he was able to answer those those questions Pharaoh had. He was able to interpret those dreams and he set Pharaoh's mind at ease. He also gave Pharaoh hope that, that God was, was giving him an answer, preparing him for those seven dreadful years of famine that were to come. Joseph had this ability everywhere he went. He was just a blessing. Are you? We all want to be blessed, but that's not the question. Are you a blessing? Or are you just one of those, God, I need you to help. I need you to bless me. And God gives it to you. Thanks, God. And you just stuff it away. Or are you Joseph that you get from God and you just share what God gives and put it out there so that everybody around you is touched? There's something else. Turn to Genesis 50. He was not just a blessing in Potiphar's house. He was not just a blessing in the prison. He was not just a blessing to Pharaoh. He was a blessing to his own people. Rob, do you like my alliteration wherever you might be? He was a blessing to his own people. Chapter 50, look if you would please, Jacob has died. The family's all in Egypt now. Verse 15, when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. By the way, was that a valid fear? With most people, it would have been. Did they deserve Joseph to hate him? Yeah. I mean, talk about doing somebody wrong. Can I just say this? We've all had people do us wrong, but never as bad as what happened to Joseph by his brothers. Um, they said, dad's gone. 
this is when Joseph's going to get even. They sent a messenger unto Joseph, verse 16, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph. By the way, we don't know if Jacob ever really said that or not, or if they were just adding daddy's name to it. Uh, we don't know. Uh, it said, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. Joseph wept when they spake unto him. His brethren also went and fell down before his face and said, and they said, behold, we be thy servants. Joseph said unto them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? When we talk about Joseph's forgiveness, which captured the attention of Pharaoh, all of Pharaoh's house, and all of the Egyptian people, and over the last 3,500 years, has captured the attention of the world, the way he so quickly and easily forgave his brothers of everything. Notice what he said, fear not, for am I in the place of God? You see, if Joseph would have held on to his bitterness, he would have been saying, I'm the judge. There's only one lawgiver. There's only one judge, and it's not you, and it's not me, and it wasn't Joseph. Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. He knew that. He admitted it. They knew that. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I submit to you tonight when we talk about Potiphar, the prison guard, the prisoners, Pharaoh, and Joseph's own people, none of those people deserved to be blessed. But Joseph, I didn't say God, Joseph was a blessing to every one of those people. It was through Joseph that God's blessings were poured out on undeserving people. By the way, can I just ask this question? Who in here deserves the blessing of God? Can you raise your hand? Because I need you to sign my Bible. Not a one of us. Not a one of us. Um, please, please realize this truth. If you and I are only a blessing to those people that we think are deserving then we have fallen short of the glory of God. I'm going to say that again. If you and I are only a blessing to those people that we think are deserving, then we've fallen short of the glory of God. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. These messages, there's, there's a lot of overlap, and we'll be talking a great deal about Joseph's ability to forgive and how much we can learn from it. Please look at verse 43. This is the, almost the midpoint of the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 43, the Savior said, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That was a very common statement. That's a very common mentality of the world, is it not? You love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I say unto you, next words, church, love your enemies. Oh, look at this. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them 
which despitefully use you and persecute you. Can I interject here that pray for them? Uh, it doesn't mean pray that God kills them. It doesn't mean that pray for them that their car flips over. It doesn't fit with the context. It's praying exactly the opposite. Lord, would you help them? Lord, would you bless them that they might see the goodness of God and it'll lead them to repentance. That's the context. Verse 45, when you do that, that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. The evil people deserve God to bless them. Yes or no? No. But why the, by the way, neither do good people. Now, we didn't, we didn't get any amens there. It just got real quiet. Um, he said, uh, you, you want to be like your heavenly father? You just bless everybody. You don't, you don't get the right to make the distinction. Well, they deserve it and they don't. Joseph made no such distinctions. He just saw people who needed to be blessed and everything about his life was that blessing and brought that blessing. Verse 46, for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. The publicans were like one of the most despised classes of people in Jewish culture at that time. He said, if you only love the people that love you, you know, your friends, your little, your little group. He said, you're no better than a publican. That had to have stung bad because they had such a low opinion of publicans, not Republicans, publicans. And if ye salute your brethren only, you only say hi to the people that you like. But do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect. That means spiritually mature, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. This young man, Joseph, Everywhere he went, people were blessed. And can I just say this? Everywhere we go, there are people who need to be blessed. There are people that are struggling, that are going through hard times. And by the way, sometimes the ones that seem to be the hardest to deal with are the ones that really need the blessing the most. Are you that type of person that your influence, your presence is a blessing? and brings about the blessing of God upon other people. Joseph was a blessing by his spirit. There's no bitterness about him. Bitterness, we know from Hebrews 12, defiles many. Joseph had none of that. And humanly speaking, he had every right to, to have bitterness. He had every right to hate his brothers the way they hated him. He had every right to hate Potiphar for throwing him in prison without even hearing his own uh, defense, without letting him have a chance to speak for himself. He had every right to let that bitterness come in. But, but remember this, nobody's ever been blessed by a bitter person. Joseph had every right to. He just chose to live above that. And everywhere he went, everyone was blessed by his spirit. Joseph was a blessing by his service. Go back to Genesis 39. Genesis chapter 39. He's been sold. Verse number two, the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. The master saw that the Lord was with him. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Joseph found grace in his sight. 
Next, next four words, church. And he served him. He went into the prison and he served all of the prisoners that were there. He got exalted in Pharaoh's house and he served Pharaoh. He just had that servant's heart. Instead of sitting around saying, okay, bless me. Okay, do for me. One of the, the things that, that has, has been noted nationwide in churches such as ours as, a, as one of the results uh, of the COVID-19 so-called pandemic is that when, when we all came back to church, people didn't want to serve anymore. They got used to spending three months in some states, much more than that, sitting in their living room in their jammies with their coffee and their cookies, uh, watching church and all of that and uh, so forth. And they weren't teaching Sunday school and they weren't running bus routes anymore and they weren't serving in the nursery and they weren't helping out in the junior church. And then all of a sudden church is open. We come back and everybody who claimed church is essential. We were all mad at, at, you know, at the government and all that kind of stuff came back to church. But nobody wants to serve. Nobody wanted to step back into the nursery. Nobody wanted to step back out. Into the, and it's nationwide. It's nationwide. We've come to the place saying, you know, we liked watching TV and letting, letting ourselves get entertained. Church isn't about being entertained. It's about worshiping God. It's about the service of the Lord. It's about growing in grace. Amen? Amen. Joseph, Joseph served everybody around him. And not a one of them deserved it. An interesting thought as I read through these, the story of Joseph again. In Potiphar's house, he became second in command. Only Potiphar was greater than him. In the prison house, he became second in command. Only the prison guard was greater than him. In Pharaoh's house, he was second in command only Pharaoh was greater than him. Do you see, by the way, there was glory in, in Pharaoh's house. You understand that? He, he was a free man now. He's no longer a slave. He's second command of all of Egypt. He's got his own palace. Uh, Pharaoh gave him a wife. He's got sons. He's got wealth. Uh, I mean, he's, he's got everything that you could wish. Do you understand that he served Pharaoh with the same gusto that he served the prison guard and the prisoners in that prison. They could do nothing for him, but he served them anyhow. He was a blessing by his spirituality. Look at verse, chapter 41. Chapter 41. Verse number 14. Joseph is 30 years of age. 13 years have gone by since we met him in chapter 37. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream. There is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Joseph was a young man that always pointed everybody to God. It's not me. Whatever happens, it's God. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That's what spirituality does. 
Spirituality doesn't take the credit. It puts the credit where it belongs because is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the end of his life, when his brothers came, we read it in, in Genesis 50, and, and they are just sure he is going to get, their, get his, his vengeance on them and that he's just been biding his time until daddy's gone and all that. Uh, am I in the place of God? He said, as for you, you meant it for evil. He said, got that. He said, but God meant it for good. He didn't say, I meant it for good. He said, God meant it for good. Joseph had this way of taking everybody and the credit went off of him and the glory all went on to God. That's why he was a blessing to other people. He was a blessing to other people also by that spirit of forgiveness. Again, we're going to look at that one in a big way. Turn to Genesis chapter 41. I'm sorry, once you're there, go to chapter 45. Same book of the Bible. Joseph's brethren are standing before him. It's their second time. They now have his youngest brother, Benjamin. Benjamin and Joseph shared both the same mother and father. There was a close connection there. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. This gives us the idea that Joseph's home was right there by Pharaoh's palace. They didn't have windows. Glass wasn't used in those days. They had other coverings to keep sand and, and things out of, uh, out of their homes. So anything that kind of went on in one house might be heard very easily in another. I want you to understand when Joseph's about to re reveal himself to his brethren, he wept aloud. He cried so loud and so hard that next door in Pharaoh's house, they heard it. They heard this wailing. They heard this crying, and it was that of a man. And I'm pretty sure everybody's just kind of stopped in their tracks, and they're just kind of looking around, what, what is going on? What, what, is, what is there? And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. I wish I could have been there. The proverbial fly on the wall to see that moment. Um, he's been speaking unto them through an interpreter. Um, he knows everything they're saying. They don't have any idea that he knows. And, and he's had an interpreter do it. When he's spoken in front of them, he's spoken in the Egyptian tongue. And all of a sudden, in Hebrew, three words, I am Joseph. They'd never mentioned his name in his presence before. They just referred to him as our brother. I am Joseph. It is in Hebrew. There's no interpreter there now. Can you just see 10 of those 11 boys just standing there? I see their jaws dropping to the floor and I hear each one of them saying at the exact same moment, Shazam, we're dead. And I see Benjamin like, whoa, it's my big brother. I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled as his presence. And yeah, they should have been, right? They should have been. They're expecting now, prison at the least, death more than likely. 
Do they deserve it? Absolutely. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. We push people away. Joseph brought them near, the ones who wronged him. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Can we stop there for a moment? Is there anybody besides me that would want, hit, want those 10 guys to feel bad? I'm, I'm just telling you, I would. Anybody besides me, please tell me I'm not the only one who needs the altar. To, that's human nature. They wronged him. He, he became a slave. He got thrown into prison. He languished for 13 years. They made his life miserable when he was still at home. Do, do you understand what they did to him? And now Joseph is saying in verse 5, Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves. What an amazing, what an amazing thing. That ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Those brothers, they knew what they were. They knew what they'd done. They knew what they deserved from the hand of Joseph. They were completely unprepared that that's not what they got. The one they hurt so deeply, so devastatingly, said, I don't want you to be upset with yourselves. You did wrong. But I want you to understand God had a plan that none of us could see at the time. And God actually, through everything, sent me here, put me in a place so that I can preserve all of you from death. How amazing is that? Do you know that the power of bitterness always defiles? The power of forgiveness always delights. Well, yeah, but you don't know what they did. Well, we know what his brothers did. So you're going to tell me you've got more right to be bitter than Joseph did. You understand Joseph's in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. He, he's there. He's a man of faith. We understand that. So here's this man, and he's blessing the lives of those that wronged him. Is it any wonder that Joseph's story has captured the imagination of the world for 3,500 years? We've mentioned before, unsaved people tell his story and try to enact it, and they don't even comprehend what it's all about. God wants us to be a blessing. God told Abraham, thou shalt be a blessing. Laban told Jacob, I've learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. Joseph was a blessing to everybody in his life. Are we? Are we? By the way, it's fun to be a blessing. Fun to be a blessing. This past Tuesday, I, uh, I went up to Weathersfield and I, I had scheduled a meeting with a man who's contemplating a left above the knee amputation. He's two years younger than I am. He was a high school athlete, college athlete. He was a basketball coach. He was a power lifter. He was a triathlete, competitive cyclist. It's like, dude, is there anything you did not do? And he did well at all of those things. 
He was also a missionary for 30 years of his life. He's a born-again man. He was a missionary to Thailand for some 30 years. Because of all the things that he did with sports, and he did not always do them wisely, he uh, blew out both shoulders. He's had both hips replaced. He's had the knee on the right side replaced once. The knee on the left side has been replaced five times, and it's gone bad again. And they're talking about a sixth time, and what they're talking about doing, and he is kind of looking at that handwriting on the wall. It is only a matter of time that that's going to fail, and I'm going to have to do this amputation. By the time that one fails, my bones may be so destroyed that I will not even be eligible for a prosthetic device. So he asked if I, and I didn't know any of this, he asked if I could, could come and just sit down. He wanted to see my prosthesis, see me take it on and off. This man had more questions than anybody I've ever talked to. I spent over an hour and a half with this man. He was on the mission field and he stepped in some water. They were near a river trying to help a, 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 another pastor in, in that region with something on his boat. And uh, in the process of that, he stepped on something and got a cut on his foot that got infected. And that infection went up into the knee that he had at the time. And the knee joint itself, I, I didn't know this could happen, became riddled with infection and it spread into the bone and all of that kind of stuff. And he said he had to be medevaced from Thailand to the United States. And he looked at me and he said, and that ended my mission career. He had served God with his life. Nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Nicest guy. Got, got five children, several grandchildren. When his world fell apart, he got mad at God. He began to drink. He dropped out of church. Everything fell apart. And he started finding his way back to God and realized, by the way, even the best of people sometimes struggle, don't they? Don't we? Found his way back to God and he's in that process of trying to find God's plan and all of those things. And so I spent an hour and a half of my life on Tuesday just sitting, talking to this man. Just talking to this man. I, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not what we used to refer to as the shell answer man. All I knew is that God's been good to me. Uh, all I knew is that God's taken care of me. All I knew, all, all I could tell him is his grace is sufficient. And I shared verses he'd preached on many times, all the verses that he knew. And uh, when everything was said and done, he apologized for taking so much of my time. He said, no, no, I've enjoyed all of this. We're going to be staying in touch together. And we made the walk uh, from his house out to my car. And it was down an incline. And we were, it's funny, we were both struggling <laughs> to go down. I don't do well on inclines going down. I thought, if either one of us falls, we're both in trouble. If he falls, I can't stop it. If I fall, he can't stop me and all that kind of stuff. We had a little bit of laugh about it. But we stood there at my car and we talked even for another few moments. And his, his parting words were, I'm really glad you stopped by. You have helped me. He doesn't know what his decision's going to be yet. He doesn't know yet what God wants him to do. But the words, you have helped me. 
It's fun to be a blessing. Isn't it? It's fun to be a blessing. Um, that's what Joseph was. I'll say it one more time, we're done. Everybody that Joseph blessed, of all of them, not a one of them deserved it. But that didn't matter to him because every one of them needed it. Are you willing to pray just a simple little prayer? Lord, would you make me a blessing? We have a song in our songbook. It's an old song, Make Me a Blessing. How many are familiar with that? Would you be willing to pray that prayer? Lord, help me be a blessing. And Lord, help me get over the tendency to be selective in whom I'm a blessing to. You might be surprised that the one God's going to have for you to be a blessing to is the one you dislike the most. Maybe the one that cut you off in traffic. You, you never know. It's what he did to Joseph. And Joseph was such a blessing and we stand in awe of him. Can we pray together? Father in heaven, I thank you for the life of Joseph. I, I know I fall, I fall so short of this man in his spirit and in his character, his testimony, but I learned so much from him. I have read his story dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I think I can honestly say I've read his story a couple of hundred times in my 50 plus years of being saved. I've heard so many sermons about him, yet every time I start at Genesis 37, I get excited and I learn something new and I respect him more than ever. Lord, I pray through the power and the working of the Holy Spirit of God that you would work in my heart and life and help me to be a blessing to everyone, everyone around me. I pray, Father, that you would help us to look at this man and realize if he could get over the hurt, if he could get over the excuses and the reasons he had to be bitter and just see God, give God the glory and just take care of those that wronged him. Tell them, don't, don't be angry with yourself. Don't be grieved. God's still a good God. And Lord, his brother's lives were changed. They were truly changed. And Joseph got the brothers he always wanted because he was a blessing. He was a blessing before they asked for it. He was a blessing because they needed it. Would you help me to be like Joseph? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. The invitation is a very simple one. Every young person, every adult, would you be willing to bow the knee tonight and say, Lord, please make me a blessing? And no caveats, no conditions. Lord, just help me to be a blessing to the extent that Joseph was, period. Thou shalt be a blessing. The pianist begins a song of invitation. That's the invitation. Would you be willing to bow the knee before the Lord? Lord, make me a blessing.
So many hurting people, struggling people, fallen people. But they still need to be blessed because it's only by being a blessing to other people we get to point them to God. We get to help them. Would you be willing to pray, Lord, make me a blessing. you to make your way here and find that song in our songbook. We'll just maybe sing a verse or two. Take your time and pray. Make me a blessing, Lord. It is so fun to be a blessing. It's more fun to be a blessing than to get one. Didn't the Savior say it is more blessed to give than to receive? Oh, if every one of us would just set out to be a blessing, just think how many lives we could touch for God. What page is that on, Brother Adam? Page 200. Please grab a song. If you're praying, please don't stop. Stay in your seat. Stay at the altar. The rest of us, let's just sing. We'll just sing a single verse. Make me a blessing. Page 200. First. Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is rife, making the sorrowing glad. Make me a blessing. Adam to lead that song because I couldn't I couldn't hit those notes at the end um, one is there anybody here tonight and you have not yet received uh, the 2023 church directory and you would like to have one is there anybody that has not received I meant to ask this this morning but the Tim brother Andrade needs one they were out of town when we first started handing these out you're just a weirdo you know that your mom got one for you so you're good Okay, uh, Sunday school teachers, your new lessons are on the office counter. Please pick them up uh, on your way out tonight. There will be choir practice downstairs. Uh, we need some help to tear the auditorium down. They're calling for some more rain tomorrow, so the academy will need to use the gym. If you can help with that, uh, we sure would appreciate it. Uh, I mentioned that I'm headed uh, to Maine uh, tomorrow. I'll be preaching uh, twice on Tuesday, twice on Wednesday. Uh, Brother Rob will be preaching Wednesday night. Please be in your places. Teens will be in here. There will be Patch the Pirate 
uh, just as normal. So please be here Wednesday night at 7. Two opportunities uh, for soul winning this week, Friday at 345 and then Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, so please be in your places as, as uh, well for that. Teens have an activity this week. It is their uh, road rally activity. That's always a lot of fun. The cost is $5 per person uh, from 6.30 to 9.30. Teens or parents, if you have any questions on that, uh, please see Brother Trelore and he'll help you out with that. And I think that's all the announcements that we need to make. I don't think I'm missing anything. Let's stand together. Please make sure you greet somebody before you leave tonight. Father, we love you and thank you.